0: Welcome to our podcast, All About the Car, brought to you by Sheryl Tire and Service. Today we're recording our episode at King's Campers just off of I-39 in Wausau. I'm your host, Rob Hoffman, an auto service specialist with over 44 years of industry experience. Back with me today is Bill Sherl. Bill's been driving a long time. He always keeps us on track and has a lot of great questions. Hello, Bill.
1: Hi, Rob. How are you today?
0: Doing fantastic. Great. Today we have a couple new guests on the drive with us. We have Mike Gajewski from King's Campers. Hey, Mike. How are you doing? Doing well. And Kevin Byer, our team leader at the Weston Tire and Service Center of Sherrill Tire. Hey, Kevin. Good morning. King's Campers is a premier RV center in Wisconsin that's known across the country. Well, let's hop in, buckle up, secure the dishes, and hit the road. By now you know that I always like to go back in time and throw a little history on the subject. So, what do you picture when I say travel trailer? What comes to your mind?
1: You're starting with a travel trailer. I would start with, what you know, camping. Like, when did the first people start to camp? In a tent?
0: Okay, well, that's probably going way back. We're talking, like, B.C. stuff there. No,
1: I don't know about that part. I think of, you know, like, people leaving their home for the weekend and going out camping.
0: Absolutely. I mean, is it safe to say you probably don't imagine something that looks like a covered wagon? Or maybe, Bill, that's what you're thinking.
1: I don't know. That'd be an interesting question that I don't know if we specifically have the answer to.
0: (laughs) What if I told you that that's exactly where it all began, the covered wagon? And that's really where we're going with this. I mean, 111 years ago, back in 1910, early adventurers would actually secure a tent to a platform and place it on a set of wheels to create the first tent trailer
1: that. That is great information.
0: At that time, most cars only reached 15 miles an hour, so they left the tent up on the way home. Didn't have to worry (laughs) about it blowing away. I can picture that. Hey, by 1915, hard-sided travel trailers became available as trailer camping increased in popularity. There were some folks that even took it further. They would actually build their own camper trailer body to fit right on a Ford chassis.
1: Now, this is interesting. Mike, are there like conventions and things that have like antique campers and things like that?
0: There
2: is some conventions out there, and and it's kind of neat when we go back to our dealer meetings, they come out, they bring some of them out to the factories and show us.
1: I believe it. That would be super interesting.
0: I would love that. I'd love to see that. Yeah, they would actually build their own camper bodies and take their body off their Ford car and put the body on it and take off. And then when he got back home, they would uh, swap the bodies back out. <laughs> I never knew that. That was something new that I found out. And it wasn't until the 20s they actually started to resemble what they are today. So what we see today has been around a long time, but I'm sure, Mike, you would agree things have really changed over the years.
2: Yeah, the change of electronics has changed in everything so much nowadays.
0: Wouldn't you say that camping with a camping trailer is a lot simpler today than it probably was back in the day where they swap bodies?
2: Yeah, by doing that stuff, but the basic scenario
0: is all the same, pretty much. It's all the same, and and your end goal is really just to get away.
2: Get away, just be able to go and pull into a site and park it. Be just like at home, but out in the wilderness.
0: Sounds great. All right, well, let's start to dig into this and get into the nitty-gritty. So... We're kind of talking about towing here, so obviously when you're talking about towing, you're dealing with the towing vehicle and what you're towing behind, which I think is a whole new mindset. I think you've got to think differently, you've got to drive differently, act differently. Towing anything behind your car is going to require a new set of skills. It's more than just hitch and go. Is that fair to say, Kevin?
3: I would agree. Obviously, tire pressure, weight capacity, Of your tires is important also. So
0: you really have to focus on that piece of equipment you have behind you. And there's a lot to consider here. There's safety also.
2: Yeah, the biggest thing is, like, for the tow vehicle, like we work with Kevin all the time, most of the trucks and SUVs nowadays are coming with passenger tires on, and they're not rated for pulling the campers, and you get a lot of sway. That's where we work with Kevin and Cheryl Tire to get the right, load rain.
0: excellent we can dig a lot further into that in a little bit here it's obvious like i said before it's not just hitch and go there's a lot more to consider than probably i even realize
1: it sounds like most hobbies or like what they say about sailboats when you buy the sailboat it's not the hull that's the most expensive part it's all the rigging (laughs) like the tire i would not have thought you buy the camper oh now i need a new set of tires
3: yeah you'd never think that way would you no and most people don't that's where our job comes into play to educate people. Well, let's put our thoughts to that
0: camper. Let's go back and think about what's behind the tow vehicle. There's a lot of different types out there. Quite frankly, I think when you're out choosing the right camper, there's a lot to consider. It might be a little bit overwhelming.
2: Yeah, it's basically when you're looking for a camper, you got to go back to the vehicle and find out what the tow rating is. and. All that stuff, because you don't want to be looking at a camper that you can't pull with the vehicle that you own.
1: (laughs) Now, that's a really expensive camper if you have to add on a car. (laughs) Yep.
0: (laughs) Exactly. So what are the basic different types of campers that are out there today to choose from?
2: Oh, you start from your small travel trailers and work your way up to the bigger travel trailers, the fifth wheels. You can go all the way up to, uh, you know, a 40-footer.
0: That you're pulling behind? Correct. Holy crap. Okay. The one that intrigues me the most lately seems to be the popular toy hauler.
2: Yep, they're starting to come back in. They go in spurts. It seems like a couple of years you'll sell a lot of them, and then it'll fade off. But then
0: Are those pretty hot right now?
2: Yep, this year they're going pretty good. What
1: is a toy hauler?
2: What you do is you, it's got the ramp on the back where you can drive your motorcycles in there or your UTVs, ATVs, and stuff, and then pull up somewhere and go riding for the weekend.
1: Okay.
0: So kind of like a two-in-one. you got your living quarters and your -your haul-your-toy trailer under one axle or two.
2: Correct. Like the one right behind you here is the one they put a hatch on the back so you can throw your kayaks and stuff inside. They try to support all kinds of activities
0: that you want to do. I think that's what I need. Sounds like a great (laughs) idea.
1: For bikes and things like that, Yeah.
0: So we do have a link listed at allaboutthecarpodcast.com, so make sure you check that out. It lists all the different types of campers that are out there and trailers to give you a better idea as what you might do to start searching for that trailer. So choosing the right camper for you, your family, and your tow vehicle, as we touched on earlier, there's a lot to consider here. So it's not just necessarily what you like when you see a camper, but again, it comes back to the type of vehicle you're going to be pulling with, and there's much more to consider. So where do you begin? You know, there's toy capacity, gross trailer vehicle weight, hitch types. We don't want to get too technical here, but there's a lot to talk about. Absolutely. At King's Campers here, do you get into that part of it? Do you start right from the beginning and help somebody through the whole process?
2: Yeah, so when the customer comes in here, the first thing you got to know is what kind of what they're looking for, and then what their vehicle has and what they plan on doing if they plan on staying in the state of Wisconsin or they plan on traveling the United States. That's a little area where you can play with on the size of the camper if they're not going all over the United States with it staying inside the state Uh, and what your vehicle is rated for your GVW.
0: So I would think that most people coming in here with an idea that what type of camping they want to do and where they're going to go but i would imagine as they get used to the life it could change
2: yep changes if they like it they want to go bigger more slides uh, more extras and
1: now what's a slide
2: a slide they have where you got your main shell of the camper and then it grows out like the one over there correct
1: (laughs) not everyone can see that but it's we're surrounded by campers right now slides go out
2: and you can have all the way up to five slides in one camper or, or the whole wall slide wow. out on some of them.
1: Wait, how five? Like four walls in the roof?
2: You No, know, <laughs> you have the main shell, of the camper, and then you'd have like that one there, I think, has two slides. There's one on the other side, too, so it really opens up the
0: inside to give you more living space.
1: Got it. So, but then how do you get to five? So, like, two on one wall to correct, say, okay, correct, got
0: yeah. it. All right. If you look inside that camper over there that has the slides out, it's amazing how wide, how much space is in there. I mean, that's really all I need to live,
2: really. When did
1: slides start to come into manufacturing?
0: I don't know the exact year, but
2: I know late 70s, early 80s, probably.
1: Because okay. I remember as a kid going camping with friends and there weren't slides. They
2: started out <laughs> with a tip out. Actually, had yeah, the, the wall just tipped out and sat against it and then you tipped it in and
1: got it
0: so this is ever-changing mike when somebody comes in and they're starting fresh again they have an idea of what type of camping they want to do how often do you have to take into consideration what they pulled in here with or what they're going to pull with that's pretty much the first thing you gotta check that's your process from start go on okay because you don't want to go and sell them something that they
2: got to go buy a new car like we said before
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) As we always do with our podcast, All About the Car, we always take a Wisconsin road trip halfway through and kind of daydream and head off, take a left turn and go to interesting spots and destinations in Wisconsin. So prior to our podcast today, I hooked up with Mike and asked him a couple of his favorite RV parks or campgrounds. And Mike came back with a couple local choices that really set high on his list. The first one was River's Edge. And Mike, that's just off of I-39, closer to Stevens Point.
2: Yeah, it's one of the... There's so many campgrounds in the state of Wisconsin. I mean, just hit the closest ones on the top of the area. I mean, you got Lake Dubai Campground, you got River's Edge. There's so many... You go north to Tomwalk and then just all over the place. But like River's Edge, they got the water the pond with the water slides and all that stuff down there. And they actually get cabins, they got everything down there.
0: Wow, and then you also mentioned the oasis. You call it an R V park or a campground?
2: There's all kinds of names. RV parks, campgrounds. Okay. It's however they
1: So even if I'm looking up and I Googled campgrounds. I might get RV parks. Correct. correct. So, like, I'm not thinking, oh, I want to camp in a where it's only tenting. Correct. Okay, that's helpful to know, since if I was going for a a campground and all of a sudden they show up and there's a bunch of RVs. Yeah,
2: a lot of the campgrounds they have just tent sites where there's no water hookups and stuff. Then you got some sites that are just water
0: hookups, some sites are just electric, and then you got the water, sewer, and electric. Okay. So these are really set up where you can pull in with one of these campers we're surrounded by today here at King's Campers and just literally plug in and you're good to go.
2: Correct. Once you get there within 15 minutes you could be all set up and sitting back and having your cocktail.
0: Wow I'm all over that that
3: idea. (laughs) (laughs) I'm (laughs) all over that
0: (laughs) (laughs) for sure. I know I've driven by both of these many times because they're on just off of I-39 and the Oasis one really stands out to me because they have like a Big water, almost right. like a mini lake there, and all kinds of blow-up stuff, and it looks just amazing. Yeah, there's a
2: bunch of campgrounds going to that. There's Wilderness, Deer Trail Park in Akusa. they're going to
3: the pond there. A lot of campgrounds are doing that now. I think it's more kid-friendly. It allows parents to relax and let their kids go off and have some fun. I don't have a camper,
0: but from what I'd see, I'd go there for just the day. It looks like a lot of fun. I don't know if you can do that, but it sounds good to me, so like mike said there's a lot of different rv parks or campgrounds around the state of wisconsin and i'm sure outside the state of wisconsin as well but you have a lot of choices that you can make when you are set to camp so
1: wasn't there also peninsula state park
0: peninsula state park was another favorite of mike's i've been there quite a bit tent camping and i just love it because i love door county i love that area up there and it's nice to be next to a big lake so you have many choices out there
1: So is Wisconsin unique as a state with the volume of campsites compared to other states, just in the industry?
2: I don't think you could say that. I think, I mean, you go down the highway, you see campgrounds
0: all over. I don't know the comparison between
2: Wisconsin and
0: other states. Well, let's reel it back and let's snap out of that daydreaming we were doing, because we've got a little bit more work to do before we hit the road and consider all these great places in Wisconsin. So... At this point the thought process is okay i'm ready to roll but i don't want to have any problems so that's the big question here so what do we do is there such thing as a pre-flight check or a pre-tow check i think as we heard earlier from kevin and mike there's a lot of things to consider so i think that's what we're delving into right here right now what are some of the things that we really need to do to check before we hit the road
3: a great thing would be a overall check over on your vehicle Tire PSI condition, lug nuts, a spare, the capability either the jack and the lug wrench to change the tire in case you have a flat. Fluids as far as coolant and transmission fluid level and condition, due to the fact the transmission is going to be working harder to pull a camper down the road. Obviously, there's where Mike comes into play the correct hitch for the vehicle, the correct wiring for the trailer that you have, which there's many different plugs. Between the vehicle and the camper, so that would be important to get those things taken care of before you head out on the open road.
1: Much less, I also think of the strapping down the dishes which you started out with. <laughs> <It's to laughs> secure you know, the dishes, it's the very pots basic, and pans. That, like I just think, oh my God, that'd be a disaster. <laughs>
0: I've heard stories about that, Mike. I'm sure you've got plenty of stories on. <laughs> so just yeah.
1: take a serious. One. Some settling
0: <laughs> may occur. Yeah,
2: there's stuff <laughs> when settling and just when they're bringing in for service too. If they forgot something on the counter, or then shut a door tight open up and
0: I'm sure you got stories that can go on and on (laughs) all the years you've done this (laughs) Kevin makes a good point though really what Kevin focused on and what he just said was the tow vehicle not so much the campers and that's really your life you're working on more of the vehicles that are towing the campers absolutely but there's a lot to consider it's not just the tires on the camper but the tires on the tow vehicle and making sure lug nuts are tight and you're looking at both units as one unit for the most part A couple other things, too, that I had noted here is it's good to know your camper's dimensions. Why would
3: that be? Obviously, for when you rent a site, how big a site it needs to be. Obviously, mirrors, if they can stick out beyond the side of the trailer so you can see behind you while you're towing. Lengthwise, too, as far as just driving down the road, know your depth in in traffic and how to navigate through some maybe surface roads that you have to drive on to get to the campground.
1: I also think of, like, in Amherst, there's a very low bridge. <laughs> yeah, good one. point. You know, like, I'm sure that's not the only one around the state, As if you're going off to the campsites, that there's a lot of low bridges. That'd be very bad. I'm
2: that bridge there has got a bunch of campers that we know of for sure. So
1: <laughs> Yeah, I'm looking at a very high camper
3: right there. And like
2: Kevin's noted, with the length of the camper, the biggest thing is, like, going in and out of gas stations. If you turn too sharp and hit the concrete posts on the end of the gas pumps and stuff, that
3: happens a lot. There so, may be some gas stations agents have a low canopy Correct. that could be also an issue so fast food drive throughs are out yeah probably not, not a good doing idea. that with our yeah. camper no okay <laughs>
0: darn <laughs> so kevin you made a mention about mirrors too so it's not only important that you have the mirrors but they're all aiming the right direction before you hit the road yeah. for sure
3: Independent on the width of the camper you may need to get extended mirrors that go out past beyond the camper so you can see what's going on behind you and then talking about the safety
0: part of it, the safety chains, the hitch integrity, making sure it's not too rusty on the tow vehicle, making sure you have the right connections. I'm sure you deal with that a lot also, Kevin. That is correct.
3: And also at King's Campers, they do install hitches on vehicles according to the trailer that they purchase.
2: Yeah, the weight of the camper. We weigh every tongue of our camper because the the heavier campers, you use a weight distribution hitch. And each hitch is different because the campers weigh, have different tongue weights. So every camper that goes out of here, we weigh the tongue on it after figuring that there's water and LP and all the stuff in it. We add a little bit for all their belongings and things like that. So then we can sell them the right hitch to go with it.
0: So you're also helping your customers set that up as well. Correct. You're the whole deal here.
2: Basically, when they leave here, they can go home, put their stuff in and go camping.
1: So what kind of poundage is on a tongue weight for a medium-sized camper
2: you're somewhere between 350 and 750 somewhere in there
1: wow
0: one thing i've noticed also as i travel down the road is i see a lot of the campers that have their gear stored on the outside so you see you see bikes and everything and canoes sticking up in the back and Pretty good idea to make sure all that's secure. Is there Are there standards for that? Are there any laws? There
2: is brackets that we sell for to go on the back for a hitch, or there's a new one that you can mount off your front jack in the front to put your bikes in the front of the camper so they're not hanging off the back, and you can put a storage rack on the back. But then again, their goal was everything. If you put a storage rack on the back, you're adding extra weight, so that changes your tongue weight, so that changes your towing down the highway on your handling.
0: Oh, there's a lot of things to think about here for sure. So a lot of things to consider before you hit the road, and again, you don't want to have any problems, so a good idea is to have a checklist for that. There is one online that we have actually posted as a link at All About the Car podcast, so check that out. It's actually one you can print out that you can use each time before you get ready to hit the road. So let's say we've got that all down. We're all ready to go, and we're ready to hit that open road, and we want to enjoy a stress-free trip, but we might be a little concerned about the extra load, so the idea that we talked about earlier about just hitching and going and the different mindset when it comes to towing anything behind your vehicle, there's a lot to consider there as well. So you've got to drive differently. You have have to have a different mindset, different outlook. And remember all of those other vehicles around you, everybody you have in the vehicle, safety's got to be number one. What are some of the things that we have to do differently when we're pulling a big camping trailer behind our vehicle?
2: you Stopping distance and takeoff distance. When you're going down the road, you got to be prepared for that. The big thing is the stopping and starting distances.
0: How big of a thing would wind be if you're not familiar with having this big flat sided thing behind you and crosswinds? I mean, is that a real big difference? It's huge. You got to be prepared for it.
3: Make sure you steer in the correct direction to avoid the trailer getting away from you.
1: So, what do I do? How do you yeah. do that?
3: Is there some practice here? A little bit of practice, and
2: your weight distribution hitch helps that a lot because with that weight distribution hitch, it takes weight off the back of the vehicle and puts it on the steer tires on your vehicle, so it evens out your vehicle so that all four tires are making contact like they're supposed to.
0: So, yeah, you've got to have both hands on the wheel for sure. You're not just hopping in your vehicle going down the road one-handed. You've got to make sure you're all in on this.
3: Both hands on the wheel, drive defensively. Don't make any sudden moves, obviously changing lanes, see what's coming up ahead. That's be what I was prepared. just going to say, you got to watch ahead, not just the car in front of you. Yeah.
1: I'm going to assume if it's really windy, slowing down would be a good defensive move. Absolutely.
3: Slow down, take your time. The more you rush, the more possibilities of having troubles on the road. Slow down, take your time, get to your destination.
0: So a lot of vehicles, not most these days, have a, a tow mode. Is that true, where you can actually press a button and it doesn't
3: go into overdrive? That is correct. Otherwise, it doesn't allow a torque converter lockup in final gear. That's just to keep the transmission cooler as you're towing a vehicle down the road. So a pretty good idea to use that mode if you have it. Absolutely. Okay. absolutely.
2: And all the new trucks, do have the exhaust brake kind of like the Semi's. They they have an exhaust brake on the pickups.
3: To help slow the vehicle down when you're coming up to a stop, I advise using that, too, if your vehicle's equipped with that.
0: Nice. Hills, then, we kind of touched on that just a little bit in regards to tow mode and then the going down the hills and things like that. But hills are a whole different thing. I would assume you always want to be in the right lane so you're not slowing up the mainline traffic and going down the hills. Do you use the brake or if you don't have that option that Mike just mentioned?
3: Yeah, I would definitely, coming down a hill, maybe stay in a particular gear to help the vehicle slow you down. Try not to overheat your brakes, stay on them, let off the brake for a little while, get back on the brake again instead of overheating the brakes on the vehicle would be your best bet. You don't necessarily need to crest the hill going the speed limit. You can always slow down previous to cresting the hill so you're slower on the way down.
1: Hopefully, and in in, thank God in the state of Wisconsin, we don't have a lot of really, you know, like we're talking hills versus mountains. So right. that's, <laughs> that's correct.
2: And you have the trailers have the brakes too. So make sure you have the trailer brakes set up correctly so that they're doing the right, helping the vehicle out.
0: Well, let's get into a, another interesting subject, and that's you've gotten to the campsite. Now you've got to maneuver this 40-foot trailer or whatever you've got behind you into this campsite. I've seen a lot of Facebook posts and things out there about, let's get together and have a beer and watch our neighbor try to back into the campsite (laughs) type thing. So, I mean, there's some stories out there, I'm sure. sure there's been some damage to some of these, trying to finagle this in. What's your recommendation, Mike, on once you get to the campsite?
2: If you're married, have a good marriage. (laughs) It's a lot of give and take. I mean, when you're backing in, especially if it's at night, you have to have a person watching. It always helps. And again, back to what we talked earlier, knowing the length of your vehicle and how to make the corners maneuvering back into the site. Some people use the little walkie-talkies to talk to their spouses on the other end. Oh,
0: that's good. Great
1: idea do campgrounds have like what i think of harbors have pilots where they take the ship into the harbor do campgrounds offer like that concierge parking service
2: no not really a lot I, of i more. think
1: there's a business opportunity add-on expenses there we go. right <laughs> there the couple goes off and goes hiking and somebody else parks your vehicle <laughs> yep. that's add-on premium dollars there's something uh, to do that i like that i think they're, so they're
0: starting
2: to get the newer campgrounds they're having pull through sites So you can drive through, but there's a
3: lot of campgrounds that you have to back in or... Another good avenue, I think, too, would be to
0: get a wireless or wired
3: backup camera on your camper.
0: Oh, you can put those on the camper?
2: Yep. You can see we don't have a back end here, but they do. Most of them nowadays are coming pre-wired.
3: Like The one over there, they're pre-wired to add a camera to it. And another nice thing about newer vehicles, if your vehicle comes with a backup camera to begin with, you can also add the trailer backup camera to the vehicle along with TPMS sensors, too. I'm all about that idea. Yeah. That's great. That's great.
1: And the pilot.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I like
0: that.
2: Yeah, the bigger campers even come now with the side cameras too. So you can see when you turn your blinker on, you can see what's next to your camper along with what's behind it.
0: Well, this is really a lot easier than back in 1920 for sure. Mm. Yes. But then again, they're a lot bigger. You're right. I think that we come back to what we said before is practice makes perfect. you got to practice as much as possible. If I uh, got set up with a tow unit and a camper, I would have to go to a big parking lot somewhere and do some practicing there. But if you've got all the cameras and maybe your concierge service, I'd be all in. <laughs>
3: I think that's a really good word of advice, Rob, if you're going to purchase a camper. Maybe take it to a barren parking lot and just practice backing up. See what it's going to take to maneuver into, say, a parking stall. That makes a lot of sense. That's
0: definitely what I'd have to do. So, Mike, you've been in this business a long time. At least as far as I know, it's been a long time. What's your best story? I don't
2: know if I have a best story, but what we're just talking about listening to the stories about husbands and wives from in campers in and, and just all the great times that they have when they're out camping because it's relaxing and that's what they're doing it for
0: is to go out and take a break from everyday life. So if you can come out of this alive, it's a solid relationship, right? Correct.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and also, how have you seen campers change over the years? I mean, like, what are the amenities that are just standard today that you never would have dreamed just like
2: you said amenities like tvs radios your microwaves everything you have in your house basically is in a camper now
1: and so as campers or rvs grow what are the amenities that are most important to people
2: more now everything is to hook up wi-fi up to your phone okay you know to run the slides to run the jacks they want to do everything right off of their phone
1: that's amazing wow So that in space, so what is the most important space in the camper that you have seen be that hub?
2: Mainly, probably I would have to say the living room area and the kitchen area. Next would be the bathrooms to make sure the bathrooms are Comfortable. Comfortable for what their needs are.
1: And that living room area, I assume, like, on cloudy days or rainy days, that's Correct. where you end up. You <laughs> get your luxury. Normally, you're outside.
2: <laughs> you got your recliners and, you know, all that stuff.
1: Got it. And TVs. What's the largest? Well, I shouldn't say it's probably Yeah, and, no, there's
2: some. I think we have one that's got, like, a 62-inch in. Oh, my gosh. Something like that. So
1: That's impressive. And that they can be outside of the yes, camper. Yeah,
2: some of the campers have the camper set up with a compartment with it. you open up and the tv's right there and you can view when you're under an awning when it's raining or stuff like that
1: that's amazing
0: i'd be all over that i like that yeah. idea for yeah. sure well obviously a lot has led up to this big day where you're going to hit the road so we got to make sure that we're uh, checking all the boxes doing all the checks getting all the practice in so you can enjoy the journey and thank you very much, Mike. I appreciate you having us be able to do this podcast
1: right here at
0: your facility at King's Campers. Uh, it's been very good information, and I've learned a
1: lot. I've learned a lot of a whole new industry.
2: It's a great partnership we got with you guys, we can, with Kevin and I, that's real tired. There's a lot going, like we've been talking during this podcast, between the campers and the vehicles, so...
0: Excellent. Well, we've gone through a lot today in our podcast. We talked about where it all began, talked about that covered wagon and the towing mindset. It's not just hitch and go, but there's a lot to consider. We talked about the different types of campers that are available out there and how would you choose one for your family and your type of camping. And then we hit the road and went to a couple of our local RV parks and camping spots, and we came back to reality then and talked more about the safety aspect of it and how to drive with that big 40-foot camper behind your vehicle. So ride along with us next time when we talk about the nitty-gritty of tire repairs where it's all about the car. To listen to previous episodes, find additional resources, or to send us a message, head to allaboutthecarpodcast.com. We'll see you next time.